This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. What I wanted to speak to you about today is I wanted to start a new series. Um, and so I, when I do that, I always like to start off really broad and then go narrow from there. Um, and so what I'm going to do today is set a foundation for, for where we're going. Over the last number of months, God has been dealing with us and he's been quite specific about giving us some definition as to how he's formed us and how he's made us and what are the individual parts that constitute, in particular, our spiritual being. And it's been important for us to really identify those. And so I'll touch on those today. But I think the reason that he did that is because he set a foundation in place for us and where he's wanting to go. And I think the place that he's wanting to go is from us understanding the way that he built us and, and how we've been put together and how we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. But that was put in place so that we can live the spirit life. And so what I want to start getting into today is start talking about how we as born-again believers begin to navigate and walk life the way that God intended for us to walk it. One of the most wonderful things about the Bible is it should inspire you. Apart from everything else that Jesus did and understanding the spiritual agenda that was at play, what was so wonderful about the life of Jesus was that it was inspirational. And he intentionally did that because when he came, he came as a man because he wanted us to see what was possible and the potential. And so that's what he was inviting us into. He was like, have a look at my life because what I'm doing is I'm modeling for you how it is that you should be living life. And so it, it becomes important. And I, I think one of the, the key characteristics and something that I want for you to understand, and, and it, it, I, what I'm going to do is throw out a few keys today. So just grab a hold of the keys and we'll get into stuff in more detail in the weeks that lie ahead. But one of the keys is this. You are a spiritual being having a natural experience. It becomes important because, number one, it gives us an understanding as to how we made. I'm not just a natural being. I'm actually a composite of spirit and natural. But not only am I a composite of those two things, the emphasis and the focus is on my spiritual identity and being able to take what is spiritual and introduce it into the natural realm. So we're a spirit being having a natural experience. Jesus lived his life as a spirit being having a natural life. It was Christ in the flesh, Jesus. And so what was really important about it was he went around and he healed the sick and he fed 5,000 people and he let Peter walk on water and he did all kinds of things. And he said, but I never did these things. It's the father in me that doeth the works. What he was saying was, I'm a spirit being having a natural experience. What he was saying was, don't get caught up in the works. Don't get caught up in what's happening around me. Realize that the essence and the source of my life is everything which is spiritual. It's the father inside of me. When we're able to tap into the spirit dimension and give recognition to it, and we're able to participate in the spiritual dimension, we begin to understand what that's about. We're able to partner with it and allow it to have influence in our world, in our natural situations. Paul lived a very natural life. He was a religious person. He took the things of God and he introduced them into his natural world and he tried to understand them naturally. He was religious. 
And his religious self ran into God one day, and all of a sudden he had a spiritual experience. He ran into the spirit dimension, and from that way forward, everything shifted and changed because he recognized I'm a spirit being having a natural experience. Mary was just going about her business, doing everything that an everyday young girl would be doing, and all of a sudden she recognized the fact that she had an an introduction from a spirit being. It was spirit being meeting with her. And what ended up happening is that she conceived the Christ. She gave birth to Christ. She gave birth to something because she recognized she was a spirit being having a natural experience. Abraham became the father of many nations. Why? Because he recognized that he was a spirit being having a natural experience. Everything that was introduced into their life came as a result of their recognition and their appropriation of the spirit dimension, their ability to be able to engage the spirit dimension and allow that to have influence not only in who they were, but how they lived their life. So the spirit dimension becomes really important for us. The spirit dimension is the way that God has designed for us to, uh, let me take a bigger step back. The reason that spirit dimension is important is because if we understand what's in the spirit dimension, if we're not participating in it, we lose access to all of these things. Number one, God is spirit. God says in, in, in John 4, I think it's 24, he says, God is spirit. The Father is spirit. So anytime you engage with the spirit realm, you have the opportunity to engage with God. God is not in the natural realm. He may use the natural realm to get your attention about some stuff. But the, the invitation is always to move from the natural realm back into the spirit dimension. You meet him in the spirit dimension. The Holy Spirit is in the spirit dimension. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, if you want the Holy Spirit to have access to your life and influence in your life, you're going to find him in the spirit dimension. Our ability to be able to relate to him and to have a meaningful relationship with him is as a result of connecting to the spirit dimension. Who you are is going to be discovered in the spirit dimension. Something's going to define us. Something defines who I am. And if it's not the spirit dimension, it's going to be the natural. But something's going to define me. Something is going to give me some ideas to who I am, what my capabilities are, how I am to define myself. The reason that the spirit dimension is important is because because God says, I knew you before you were born. Do you want to know who you are? Would you like to discover what you're all about? Would you like to realize your potential in me? It means my ability to be able to relate to the spirit realm. Outside of that, I'm relying on everybody else's opinion to inform who I am. I'm relying on my circumstances and my situations to give definition to who I am. I'm relying on my thoughts and my feelings to define who I am. And then we wonder why we're incongruent with where God is. I find it hard to embrace God's idea of me because it's so foreign to who I am because I'm living from a natural dimension and it's when I come face to face with the spirit dimension that he says, okay, let's just wipe away all of that stuff. Don't worry about it. Let me introduce you to who you really are. To discover your true identity and your potential, it's in the spirit realm. The gifts of the spirit. Working of miracles. Faith, prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit. 
discovered in the spirit realm. The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit of love is joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. Our ability to be transformed and to reflect the fruit of that dimension is as a result of our intentionality in engaging the spirit dimension. Spiritual power, spiritual authority, spiritual influence. There is a clarity and there's very uh, strong definition between the spirit dimension and the natural dimension. We're comfortable in the natural dimension because you have to live in there. You're born into it. But our ability to recognize the fact that I'm a spirit having a natural experience becomes so important. God wants you to know that you're a golfer. If you're a golfer, you're spiritual. You didn't know that, did you? You'll find it in first imagination somewhere. I can't remember the, the, I can't remember the, the exact um, verse, but it, it's in there. When you get out on the course, you've got 18 holes. It's your life. That's your life. From hole one to hole 18. How you play that course and how you go around that course is going to be different to me. It's going to be different to everybody. You've got your own game, but you've got 18 holes. In the space of those 18 holes, God has gifted you with something. He's given you something called a bag of clubs. A bag of clubs is just that. It is a bag of a number of different clubs. Not one club, a number of different clubs. Because as you navigate your way through life, you're going to need each one of those clubs. Now, it's important to understand that Part of those clubs are used for your short game. Part of those clubs are used for when you're on the green. It's called a putter. You need a putter. A putter is really important. A putter is essential if you're on the green. But if you're on the fairway, he's given you drivers and irons. You need to have both of those things in order to live your life. As human beings, God's created us both spiritually and naturally in both of those realms. We are kitted out to live naturally and spiritually. It's not an either or equation. We're to do both. We need our full set of clubs behind us. But it's important to understand that we have the clubs firstly. A lot of people don't recognize the fact that they have a set of clubs. And so they use the same club all the way through their 18 holes. And they wonder why life is a challenge. And they wonder why life is difficult. It's because I'm trying to use the same club all the way through my 18 holes. It's not designed to do that. You have a set of clubs. It's important to be able to distinguish those clubs that I use when I'm on the fairway and those clubs that I use when I'm on the green. Both are important. It speaks about two different dimensions to who we are. As natural beings, God has gifted you with an ability to be able to use your intellect. It's your brain. It's really important to have that. 
We've spent a lot of time over the last number of months talking about the importance of our brain and our abilities to be able to intellectually understand the world in which he placed us. You know, God spent six days creating the place that he was going to put us in, our domain. He spent six days creating it. And on the seventh day, uh, well, on the sixth day, he rested on the seventh. He spent five days, actually. And then he created you, the pinnacle of everything. And he put you into the domain that he had created for you. He wants you to recognize that you're a natural person. Everything around us is as a result of his creation. And the reason that he's gifted us with the ability to be able to intellectualize, to reason, to understand, to have knowledge and information about our world is he wants for us to be successful in the environment in which he's placed us, for us to appreciate and value the domain that he's created for us. And the result of that has been wonderful. Man has done incredible things. Invention and progress, and industry, and we send man to the moon. We've done all kinds of things. So it's important to have that dimension. It's one of the clubs we have. But it's not the only club that we have. We have other clubs. But I can't just use my putter for everything. My other clubs are called spiritual clubs. These are clubs that I use when I'm on the fairway and when I'm teeing off. I can't use my putter to tee off because it doesn't work very well. I've got to use my driver. I've got to use an iron. The reason that we spent so much time over the last number of months talking about the way that God created us is because those are the clubs in your bag. It's important for us to understand those clubs and to know what they are and how they function. The manual, the Bible, is really good because it's going to tell you which club to use. It's going to say, have your mind renewed. It'll tell you what club's coming out. But it's important for us to understand the fact that the mind club exists and for me to know what the mind club is. Because if it's talking about renewing my mind and I pull out my brain club, what ends up happening is I'm trying to get knowledge in my head. I'm trying to memorize scripture. I'm trying to do all of the stuff in here. And God's saying, I'm not talking about natural right now. I'm talking about your mind. Your mind is the governing factor of your spirit. What he's saying is, I want for your understanding to be changed. They're completely different things. So it becomes really important for us to understand what those clubs are and how they function. If he says to you, I'm talking about your beliefs, you've got to know what club he's talking about. If he says, I'm talking to you about your faith, why is he talking about my faith and how do I use that club? The wonderful thing about the game called golf is that you have a thing called a driving range. You know what the driving range is all about? It's somebody who's discovered a club and they said, I don't really know how it works. So what I get to do is I go to the driving range and I practice. I practice. To know that you have a club is valuable, but what's even more valuable is if you know how to use it. Here's the principle. What you know about your spirituality is not as important as how you're able to apply your spirituality. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. When you get to the point of moving in and becoming more spiritual, 
and living from that realm, we have to understand there are places we've never been before. There are clubs we've never used before. But you can either leave them in the bag or you could take them out and use them. Give it a try. It's okay. If you slice it or if you hook it or if it ends up in the water trap, it's okay. You learned something. But as long as you learn something, the worst thing is people who go through their 18 holes with a bag full of clubs, and you know what the only one they've ever used was the putter. The game is not exciting when you just live off the putter. <laughs> These things become important to us. And I would really encourage you to understand what your individual clubs are because I can tell you now God is going to use every one of them. God never gave you a set of clubs and he never put anything in there that you weren't supposed to use. Every single thing that you have that constitutes your spirit being, your mind, your understanding. Your understanding is your heart. Your understanding is the essence. It, it is the very fundamental part of who you are. The reason that God is after your understanding is because your understanding basically is what hosts the key drivers of your life. How I think, how I feel, and the choices I make. Everything comes out of your understanding. Your understanding is vital because God wants to move into that space because my understanding gives definition to who I am. How do I understand myself? All comes out of that place. How do I understand God? It comes from that place. As I'm walking through my 18 holes, how do I understand the journey? It comes out of that place. Your understanding is fundamental to God. And everything that he's doing is he's designed us in such a way that spiritually he wants our understanding to be defined by the spirit dimension, not the natural dimension. Don't let the putter define your understanding. The clubs are here to define your understanding. The clubs are the individual parts of what constitute our spirit being. And each one of there is, them is there with intention. Revelation, the ability to hear God. Because God communicates. God takes things of the spirit dimension and he reveals them to us. It's revealed to us through revelation. It's opening our understanding so that we can see the dimension and have access to the dimension. Your imagination, the eyes of the heart. Our ability to see things spiritually. Faith. Mountain mover. Belief. All things are possible to him who believes. Intuition. The language of the spirit. We use language as a way of communicating information, but God uses intuition to take the things of the spirit and ignite them and illuminate them inside of who we are. All of these things become really important because as you're reading through the word of God, he's going to touch on all of these things all the time. He wants you to understand what's in your bag and he's going to invite you to pull those clubs out and he's going to invite you to play with them. And it's okay. Do it. I think one of the biggest challenges that we have with so many born-again believers is we don't want to make a mistake. What will people think? I'm not spiritual. 
But think what could happen when you master it. So we want to create a space where people understand the spirit dimension and the invitation exists to go and play in that sandpit. But you've got to get in. You've got to get in. Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It's so important to start off at the very beginning because there's so many important keys that come out of this verse. It's talking about God is in the process of creation, creating man. And it says that for man of the dust of the ground, the dust of the ground, say I'm part dust. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. I'm part life. I'm part breath. And man became a living soul. Now, there are a few things here. The one thing is this. Understand this. You're a dichotomy. You're made up of dust and breath in one. You're looking at me like, <laughs> this isn't the hard part. That's the easy one and one is two. <laughs> he put the two together. He put the two together. You're made up of those two composite pieces, which is really important because what God is saying is this. You are the only creature that I created where spirit and natural come together. The confluence of spirit and natural in your life comes together in you. You are the catalyst. You are the one that straddles the divide between the spirit dimension and the natural dimension. It's really important. So he's, he understands the fact that you were supposed to operate in two realms. He's equipped you because he's made you with the wherewithal. He's given you the clubs to exist in the natural and the spirit realm. The composite of breath and dust together formed a new entity called a living soul. Living soul is the breath of God, spirit inside of body. You are the only creature that has that. Nothing else has that. Every other animal that was created, any other organism created by God does not have God's spirit inside of it. It has life and it has, it has dust, but it doesn't have spirit. When it dies, it's not going to heaven. I know. Fluffy, I'm afraid. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Maybe it's about him. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? You don't go to heaven. We're the only ones that... Yeah, no, that wasn't the point, Rafa. <laughs> you lost the point there, Rafa. We're the only ones. We're the only ones. It's what? We're the only ones that God created that are natural and spiritual. And so because of that, to live a complete life, is there is a responsibility and an onus for us to recognize the fact that we are both of these things. And for us to recognize where the limits are on both of those things and how I engage both realms. What's really important about this is this. God places a very clear emphasis on the fact that your spirit dimension takes precedence. Your, who you are and what defines who you are comes out of the spirit dimension. What God's intention was, was for us to always live from relationship with him, spirit dimension, and to take the understanding that we gain from him through revelation and to introduce that into the natural realm. That was the original design. 
Now, let me tell you something else about this. This is so wonderful. The problem with it is this. We used to think, well, maybe you didn't because you're much smarter than me. But the problem with it is we read some stuff and we think we're here on earth, but God's up in heaven. And so what ends up happening is we have this idea that natural is here and spiritual is up there in heaven. You see, you all took the bait. You did the same thing I did. But it's wrong. That's not true. He created you spirit and natural in one because the the natural realm is intermingled with with the spirit. It's right here. The spirit dimension is right around you right now. It's operating right around you. You may not have access to it through your senses. And maybe you can't see it and maybe you can't touch it. Maybe you can't smell it. It doesn't matter. It's right here. The fact of the matter is God wants to introduce us. And if we were to hone our spirit skills, we would become more sensitive to the fact that everywhere I go, who's with me? Can you see him? The Spirit of God is not with me. Everywhere I go, He goes with me. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. He wants me to become aware of the fact that there is a spiritual dimension that's happening all the way around me with regularity. And He wants me to become so overtly aware of it that I'm living in a space with continuity where I'm tapping into that spiritual dimension and looking for definition, looking for understanding, looking for the empowering to be able to influence my natural realm. It's all the way around you. It's like electricity. You can't see electricity, but you see its effect. That's the whole thing about the spirit dimension. You might not be able to see it, and perhaps you may not be able to smell it or touch it, and it's inaccessible to your senses. But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. What it's saying to you is you will know it by its influence. There's a little phrase that comes to mind. Light and salt. Light and salt. You see, when I tap into that dimension and the lights come on, that's what the world's looking for. They're not looking for nice moral people who make them feel good about themselves. There's nothing wrong with morality. What I'm saying is we substituted secondary things for what it really means to be connected to the spirit dimension and allow the life of God to infuse who I am and influence my world. That's what the world's looking for. It's looking for God, not my niceness. There are plenty of things that happen that affect us that we can't see. Your emotions. We're all charged and moved by our emotions with regularity. Have you ever seen one? You've seen the results of one, I know. (laughs) Everybody's seen the results of emotions. But you've never seen an emotion. But it affects you powerfully. It affects some of the decisions you make. And so when you look on back on some stuff that you've made or some decisions you've made, you go, oh, my God, grief. it was the dumbest choice I ever made. Why? Because I was so emotionally engaged in it. I made an emotional decision, not a rational decision. And afterwards, I had to bear the consequences of it. And I woke up one day and said, idiot. <laughs> Emotions are alive and they're powerful. It exists. So it's important to know that the spirit dimension is with us. And everywhere you go, there is more at play than what you see. There is more at play than what's happening through your senses. And what God's inviting us to do is step into the realm where we start developing a sensitivity to what's happening spiritually 
in spaces. So, man became a living soul. The word for living soul in the Hebrew there is nefesh. It speaks about a living being or a living creature. What it's speaking about is spirit and matter coming together and forming something new. Nefesh. It speaks about the essence of our being, the essence of who we are. I know you're an amalgamation of parts, and I know how you put together, but I need for you to understand the essence of who you are is your nefesh. The essence of who you are is the spirit man that's on the inside of you. What defines you is spirit. And as a result of that, what should take preeminence in our life is the spirit dimension, not the natural dimension. The destiny of our nefesh is to reflect his likeness. The original design, let us, man make, let us make man in our likeness after our image. The original design was for who I am, spirit man, to live in relationship with God and allow the model to have influence in who I am and define who I am. And as a result of that, take that likeness and live it out in my world. But man mucked it up. We did something really silly. It's called sin. And when man sinned, a principle kicked in. The wages of sin is death. He wasn't talking about natural death. It ultimately led to that. But when the Bible talks about death, what it's talking about is it's talking about removal from the source of life, which is God. We made a choice to separate ourselves from God. So what ended up happening is our nefesh, that part of us that was to be defined from God, all of a sudden, life, we left behind. And it, we ended up with a vacuum. Our being doesn't like a vacuum. And so what ended up happening is my brain and my natural understanding of everything usurped that position and moved into it. And all of a sudden, the creature became defined by the creation. But that was never the design. The original design was for the creator to, design, to, to influence the creature, who in turn influenced the creation. So now we ended up with a vicious circle where we had creation influencing creation. And God was out of the mix. God was out of the mix. The thing is, when Jesus... John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The point is, the moment we got born again, what God is saying to us is this. I want for you to once again recognize the value and the significance of the spirit realm because it gives you the opportunity to once again link into who I am, which means that flesh now can once again become spirit. All of a sudden, things start to change once again. If you want to change spirit, if you want to change flesh into spirit, God has created an opportunity for us to do that through what Jesus did to us, what did for us. See, I needed a drink of water.
The temptation very often, I find, for us as born-again believers, is to default to natural in situations where we should be living spiritually. Anytime we take the things of God and we take them out of the spiritual arena and we try to apply them and experience them and live them out from the natural arena, it introduces us to something called religion. I'm trying to do basically something which can only be truly fulfilled when it comes from the spirit dimension. That was what Paul did. Paul spent his life as a religious person trying to live what he thought was the law until he discovered all of a sudden the spirit dimension. And Jesus said, what are you doing? And suddenly he had an, his eyes were opened and he recognized the spirit dimension. And he said, goodbye to all of this, buddy. I'm off with spirit here. He changed everything. Anytime we take the things of the spiritual dimension and we begin to appropriate them and try to understand them from the natural dimension, we run the risk of misinterpreting them. And so when we misinterpret something, what ends up happening is we run off at a tangent. Paul thought it was a great idea to kill Christians. He thought it was God ordained. Why? Because he took things from the spirit dimension and he tried to understand them naturally. And because it didn't fit his theology, he changed things and interpreted it in a way that it did fit his theology. And when it did fit his theology, he started to do some pretty dumb stuff. point is this. This is why the idea of discerning between my mind and my spirit becomes really important. Because God is going to deal with us through revelation. What he does is he wants to take those things of the spirit dimension and he wants to reveal them to us. The way that he does that is through intuition. There are some times where you just, God will speak to you and it's like, Okay, we need to do this. Why? I don't know. We just do. But maybe we should do that. No, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing this. How do you know? I don't know how I know. I can just tell you I know that I know. God doesn't always give you the explanation. Sometimes he's just like, you know what? I'm trying to get to find out what I should be doing here. And you just know in yourself that doesn't feel right. Where did it come from? Intuition. And when your intuition is in tune with God, what ends up happening is he's inspirational all the time. Ooh, I just I feel uncomfortable about that. Where did it come from? Intuition. What's happening? I'm dabbling in the spirit realm. I didn't realize it because I thought I was so natural. That's the whole point. The whole point of everything is it's perhaps not as inaccessible as we imagined. So my encouragement to you is this. We're beginning to discern and, and recognize the fact that I'm a being that is made up of com a composite of different parts. But as a result of that, I need to recognize which club I'm using in which situation. And I use spiritual clubs for spiritual things. If I take the word of God and I appropriate it through my brain, what ends up happening is I'm going to do some dumb stuff. Now, please hear me. Say, Okay, you just let me finish, okay? Please don't jump up and down, please. I love the Word of God. It's very important. I don't want to take away from it. Everybody needs to read the Word of God. The more you get into the Word of God, the better off you'll be because it's going to introduce you to a whole bunch of stuff. But there is a reason why we have a thing called Logos and Rhema. It exists for a reason. And the reason it exists is this. As long as we're interpreting Scripture through our brain, we're living in Logos. It's not Rhema. 
It's not rhema. Rhema is the spoken word of God. Rhema is the intuition. The thing about it is it doesn't mean that the logos is bad. Jesus said, you read the scriptures that testify of me. But the whole point of the scriptures is to lead you to me so that you can get life. What he's saying is this. The logos is important because the logos is the billboard. The logos is check what God's all about. When you drive by and you see a a Burger King billboard, you go, oh, that looks delicious. But you didn't taste it. You just said it looks really good. And you begin to salivate and you go, where is one of those? And you quickly get onto your ways and you go, where's the nearest Burger King? Why? Because it's advertising to you something that you go, oh, I really want that. That's the whole purpose of the Logos is to sit and say, let me show you how good God is. Let me show you how he wants to live with you. Let me show you how he wants relationship with you. Let me show you what it can mean in your life. He wants you to salivate after him, but he doesn't want you to sit and stare at the billboard. Taste and see that the Lord is good. What he's saying is the billboard is there, but the purpose of the billboard is for you to recognize I'm not only natural, I'm spiritual. And if I'm going looking for God, I'm not going to find him at the billboard. I'm heading into spiritual territory right now. I'm moving into a place where I'm looking for him because I want for his influence. Where's that burger you promised me? I saw it on the billboard. I'm looking for the burger. What are you looking for from God? The problem with it is for too long, the church has run around telling everybody, check my billboard. And the world is like, great. And where's the burger? But look at the billboard. It's full color. Doesn't it look really good? Aren't you salivating? But where's the burger? The reason God is moving the way he's moving is because we've forgotten God. And so we're giving people a whole bunch of advertising, but there's no burger. He's not doing that anymore. He's not doing it anymore. What he's saying is we're moving into new territory. And I need for you to understand in that territory, I define everything. Because ultimately what it is, is yes, you need to show people the burger. And yes, you need to show them the menu. And yes, they need to see that God is good. But then you need to be able to deliver it. That's where the delivery comes in. The question is, that's where the clubs come in. Have you used your clubs? Do you know how to get it out of the sand trap and get it onto the green? Or are you taking out the putter again? I'll hit it extra hard. God wants to do incredible things, not only in who we are, but he wants to introduce us to the fact that he wants us to realize that he wants us to be a walking billboard for him. And when people are attracted to who we are, we're able to deliver the burger. And people go, wow! You're the electric conduit. You are the connection between heaven and earth between the spirit dimension and the natural dimension. God wants us to start to change our lifestyle so that what we end up doing is, with regularity, we start reaching into the spirit realm, pull out something that I can introduce right here. 
When was the last time you took a gift out of the spirit realm? So, what's so important for me in this is for us to begin to recognize more and more the fact that living by the Spirit is not as mysterious as perhaps we've made it out to be, but actually we were built for it. We were built for it. And if we become more and more aware of it, and we start to fine-tune our senses, and we're able to engage in both dimensions. Number one, it'll transform our Christianity. But secondly, we'll begin to live as whole people, how God intended us to live. So, if you buy a Tesla, you can drive a Tesla all you want, and you can have lots of fun with it, and you don't have to fill up. And I don't have a Tesla, so I don't know what else it does, but you got to charge it, apparently. But the point about a Tesla is it has a feature on it called a self-drive feature. So if you drive a Tesla, you can drive a Tesla until it comes to the end of the road, and you can never use the self-drive feature. But the point is, it was built and it was designed to use the feature. We can go through life never touching the spirit dimension, but it doesn't mean you weren't built for it. You can miss so much stuff that's happening in the spirit dimension. You can live a good life. Believe me, you, you, there are plenty of challenges you may not be able to overcome, but there are plenty of people who have no time for God and no interest in God, and they've achieved a whole bunch of stuff. Great inventors, great, I, I can think of a few people. The, the point of it is this. You know, the Bible says, what happens if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? What it's saying is, yes, you can accomplish. Yes, you can do that great stuff. Wonderful. And God's not saying don't go and do it. The reason a lot of people can do that is because they were intentionally gifted that way. But imagine what they could have done if they lived as a whole person. What he's saying is, if you live as an, in, a, in a single dimension and all you ever do is live from the natural, you'll get a whole bunch of stuff achieved and accomplished and you might be successful. Some are, some aren't. But what he's saying is, all of that stuff ultimately becomes immaterial the moment you walk out of dust. Because when spirit moves out of dat, dust, you move to the next dimension. And if you gain the whole world, it's not coming with you. It's all natural. So we've limited our lives to this existence as opposed to having an eternal recognition. The thing that's so wonderful about the self-drive feature is this. When you're driving your car, your reality is limited to what you see outside your window. That's your reality. That's all you know. I can see. I can see who's behind me. I can see what's happening on either side of me. More construction, 66. 
I can see what's ahead of me if you're on 66, tail lights, plenty of them. But this is my reality. And I'm trying to get from point A to point B. And I'm trying to navigate my way there. And I'm doing the best I can. But this is all I know. But you see, the thing about it is, the Tesla was designed and built to transcend your limitations. And the self-drive feature is there to sit and say, you know what? Actually, I know where you're going. So let me have a look at the macro view of what's going on. I'm not limited to the window view. I can see the whole thing. And what it says to you is, ah, ah, get off 66 over there because there's a traffic jam coming up. There's a fender bender, so they have to close 14 lanes because somebody knocked somebody else's taillight. So get off 66. Why? Because I can see that's not the best way to go. There's a better way to go. There's a quicker way to get there. But be careful when you turn off because there's roadkill on the side of the road. Oh, and by the way, just after that, you're going to find a pothole. So go really carefully there and swerve slightly so that you missed the What's happening? It has a macro view of life. And it sees things that we, it's forecoming that we have no clue about because I'm living in my little reality looking out my window. When you live with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God knows where you're going. He knows what it looks like. He knows the road traps. He knows the road kill. He knows where the traffic jam's on, and he knows how to get you there. The point of the matter is this. It demands your trust. The problem with getting into a Tesla is, I don't like the feature because you know what? It costs me something. My trust. Oh, I just want to grab that steering wheel so bad. <laughs> Why? Because I have a sense of control. I can control it. I may have limited view, but I'm in control, buddy. The spirit dimension comes at a cost. Your trust. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? All things are possible to him who believes. I believe in you. The possibilities of our life in the spirit dimension are going to require something of us, our trust. Our ability to be able to start developing a meaningful relationship with God where, you know what, if I can trust you for, my dad always used to say this, if I can trust you for some shoelaces, that's a good thing because I've got something to build on. Because if I can trust you for shoelaces and you are good with this, then what can I trust you for next? So what I'm doing is I'm moving into a dimension where I'm recognizing the clubs that I've got, the clubs that he's given to me. You were built spiritually the way that you are with intention. Every single one of those clubs is there and it's part of your bag for a reason. And he's going to tell you which club to, to, to take out when he wants you to take it out. And you will use all of them. The natural realm is not a bad realm. It's a good realm. He created that for you. It's called your domain. But you're to reign and rule in that domain. You're to have influence in that domain. That domain is not to reign and rule over you. So it doesn't have influence in def defining who you are and how you live. That is something which is reserved for God. As I navigate, recognize the fact that it's supposed to be joyful. Which means you're going to hack. And you're going to have slices and you're going to have, you're going to end up in, in water troughs and you're going to, and it's okay. Because you know what? Just now you're going to hit it and you're going to be, did you see where that went down the fairway? It was amazing. Why? Because I've learned how to use my clubs. I know what's what. 
I want to speak next week a little bit about how God sets us up to be able to, in a meaningful way, walk in the Spirit. And it's not some airy-fairy thing, but God creates a foundation in our life that is Spirit-based, where our perceptions and our realities, our interpretations of life and circumstances and situations, the way that I see myself, the way that I view God and His relationship with me and the way that He interacts with me is all something which has been considered with God long before we ever thought about it. And there is a way that He wants to establish the spirit dimension inside of us so that the two shall be one. I'm not in opposition to what God wants to do. In actual fact, I'm arriving there just after the Holy Spirit to sit and say, I know what you want. Okay, how do we do this? I think that God is very excited about coming on the scene. And all he's looking for is somebody that recognizes who he is, what he is, and values that. And says, I, I, I want more of that. I want my life influenced by you. He is the beginning and the end of all things. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. The Spirit of Christ alive on the inside of us. We may not even recognize it, but I want to thank you, Father. Every person that's born again is connected to your spirit realm. I pray that you begin to work with the eyes of our understanding and so that you open them up and begin to reveal to us more and more how we are spirit beings created to live from that dimension, to access that dimension, to live from a space where we're relating to you and interacting with you. I thank you for men and women who are spiritual giants, people who value and recognize the spiritual golf bag you've given us. They know the clubs, they know what you're calling for, and they know how to use them. Help us, Father, to be intentional about being doers of the word and not hearers only. Make us comfortable swinging the club. Let us be comfortable getting it wrong. But I thank you that we learn in that. I bless you for the week that lies ahead. I want to thank you for the opportunities. I speak blessing over every person. I thank you that everything that they put their hands to prospers. I want to thank you, Father, that you lead them and guide them, Holy Spirit. And I ask you that you elevate and introduce them to a new dimension of spiritual experience. Make us overtly aware of what it is to not only be spiritually in tune, but to live from that place. Bless you for it, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.